I grew up um, kind of a girly girl, um, a, a goody two-shoes is what people called me. Um, I think even the term holier-than-thou was used a couple of times, um, but I was okay with that. I accepted all those things, and, and it was never a problem. I mean, I made my dad happy. I made my mom happy. I, I tried to live a life that, that was always pleasing to them. Does that make sense? Like, they were my focus. If mom and dad were happy, then everybody's happy. You usually hear if mom's happy, everybody's happy, and that's the way we live in my household. But growing up, it was a little differently. But I remember coming to college, great university, wonderful. I invite everybody to go and attend. But I was also in a sorority, and sorority girls have this kind of stigma that they're not always the goody two-shoes, you know, the, the holier-than-thou. But I kind of kept that with me. I was um, a Zeta. My mom was a Zeta. My grandmother was a Zeta, so I didn't really have an option. My poor children, they will be, if they choose that, they will be four legacies. Anyway. <laughs> random, but I remember attending, we were, we were having a meal together, and I remember one of my sorority sisters asking me, Stephanie, how come you don't, you don't party like we party? I was like, let go, I'm there, I was the risk management coordinator, right? <laughs> I was the weird, I had to be there, I was, I was, so I was like, I'm there, I'm having a good time, I'm dancing, I'm hanging out, and they're like, no, no, you don't party like we party, I was like, well, that's just, not something I want to do. Well, why? I don't know. I mean, I was like, I guess, you know, because my mom and dad, at this point I was legal, you know, it was okay. I was like, it just wasn't part of who I was or what I wanted to be. I think part of that was a conviction that I had in my life and the way I was choosing to live my life that God was calling me to. At this point, I'd already felt called to ministry. I'd already kind of changed my major to psychology. But I was studying and, and trying to figure out how to live life and be a Christian. You ever thought about that? Ever remember that moment where you came to that belief and you're like, this is what I've got to do. I've got to make these choices. Some of those for me were in high school. A lot of those were in college, and every day since then, I have to make a choice of how I'm going to live my life. It's easy to wake up and stub your toe and pick a word, right? There's lots of them. Or you can wake up and choose this day whom you'll serve. I want to invite you to look at our scripture. It's in your bulletin. It's in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 2. It's going to be up on the screen. We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And I actually have NIV in front of me, but this is NRSV. So I'm going to read from the screen if we can get that up there. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the results of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Do you hear this? I want to I read it again, maybe a little different. For this, for it is by grace that you have been saved. 
not by anything we can do through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast. For we are created, this version says, in God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I feel like God has always been preparing me kind of for something that's next. You don't realize it right away, right? Especially when you're in the muck and the mire and will life ever end. You don't realize that God is preparing you for something next. I, um, I shared this story, and it wasn't originally going to be part of this sermon, but I remember we were coming back from a planning retreat yesterday, and I was talking with someone, and, and we got on the, the interesting subject of, of people passing away. And I remember the first time I was in the room as a pastor and was asked to stay while someone passed away. It's kind of an eye-opening experience. But the wife couldn't do it. She said, I just can't be in here, but I don't want him to be alone. And I remember being in that moment and I was the only one in the room, me and this gentleman, as he's passing away, taking his final breaths. And I remember praying. And the strange thing is what comes to mind is I wasn't always praying for him. I was praying for the decisions that his wife is now going to have to make each day after he's gone. I remember praying for his children who had not come to a faith in Christ, but that would be able to look at their father's life and the life he led, that maybe that would guide them. But that really kind of stretched me because I began to pray for other people that had not accepted Christ. I began to pray for people who claimed to accept Christ, but their lives were leaving, being let, lived yeah, a little differently. I think part of me was even praying for the future. What do you do in your life? What choices are you making? Because today you chose, some of you didn't really have much of a choice, but for the adults in the room, you chose to be here. You chose to wake up and put on the clothes you have on and to drive yourself to, to, to school. Wow, to drive yourself to church, to choose which service, because we have two right now. You can choose traditional or you can choose contemporary. You chose to be in this place. What are you going to choose tomorrow? We don't have a worship service tomorrow. There's a women's Bible study, sorry guys. But there's, there's, there's stuff you can get involved in, but... But what are you going to choose tomorrow and Tuesday? You're going to have people that come in and out of your life that need to hear that you love them. That God loves them. You're going to have to make difficult decisions of words that you are going to say to someone. Words that you're going to do. Actions that are going to be part of your life. You're going to make a decision to pick up the phone when you're driving. To put your seatbelt on. You've got to choose at some point this year who you're going to vote for. Lord, help us all. Amen. But we are going to be making choices. But what influences those choices? 
We can't be influenced by a ton of stuff. I wish I'd put the images up, but I forgot. But did you know Barbie came out with some new shapes? There's a curvy Barbie now. Yes. <laughs> then there's the tall one and the petite one. I'm like, all right, whatever. But curvy, yes. But we let those things influence us. We let friends at school, we let magazines, TV shows, radio, all these things influence what we say, what we do, and how we interact. We come to a point point. we say, okay, I've accepted Christ. Christ is my Lord. You may not even say that to anybody else, but you may say it in your head silently. Okay, you know, you've said it. But what's next? What's next in your life? What, what are you doing? The, the, we titled this Perfected in Love. Because we each day choose to accept Christ. Every day of our life, when we wake up in the morning, we choose whether we are going to say yes to Christ or we're going to live our life, what we want to do. All the things and desires that come up, and there's a lot of desires out there, a lot of temptations. And it gets closer and closer to home every day. I'm amazed at some of the emails I get. Yeah, I'm not going to share those with you. I'm amazed at what my six-year-old hears and comes home and asks me about. I'm amazed at what we're putting into the world. But what are we doing to listen, to respond, and to act? How are we being perfected? How are we allowing the Spirit of God, one, yes, to save us? There's nothing we can do for that. That is the gift of God. It is by grace that we have been saved. It is a gift, not by works that any of us can boast. I, I was a goody-goody. That doesn't matter. I've made mistakes. I've fallen short. I've stubbed my toe and said words that I didn't mean to say in the presence of my children. That's pretty bad, right? Yeah. But we are created by God to do good works. We are created by God to do what he's calling us to do in this world. He's preparing us in advance to do. What are you going to do? What's next? Tomorrow's the first Payday, right? What are you going to do with that? What is God calling you to give? Are you just saying, I can give this much because this is easy? This won't really hurt. It's not sacrificial. It's not extravagant. It's not, I can, I can do this. And you know what? They're lucky to get it. Or do you look at the first of what God has given to you and you say, God, this is yours. Take it. I look at the coming week and I, I see opportunities for us to, to minister to our children. 
there's a time and, and Valentine's Day is approaching and, and it's all love and ooey gooeyness. But how can we instill that love in our kids? That agape love, that, that love that, that has no end, no, nothing can be asked of it. It is just freely given. Do you tell your children, do you tell your spouse, do you tell your parents you love them with a sincerity of heart? Do you tell your friends this? What about these people that you know have just heard a diagnosis that brings them to the breaking point? Cancer is a terrible disease. I believe a lot of us in this room are affected by it or know others that are. What are you going to do this coming week to extend that love and support to others? Not just those who are medically hurting. There are people that have lost their jobs, lost their cars, don't know how to put food on the table this coming week because of the burdens they carry, but they're too afraid to say anything. But you've got that inkling, but you don't really want to step on anybody's toes. Anybody out there experience this? Let us be bold. Let us let Christ work on us this day and every day of our lives to come. That we would experience him, holiness of heart and life. That it wouldn't be just, I'm coming to study and to hear about God and let the band play good. Because they do a great job, by the way. But, but, you know, learn something. Get something that I'm intentionally going to do. I'm going to leave the doors of this church today and walk out, have a meal because you know I got to eat. But I'm going to do something that is going to let people know that God loves them. How do you do that? How do you let people know, the world know, God loves them? We have this love. If you've accepted Christ, if you know him as the God of your life, you know that love. There are times where it may feel flat, yuck, not there. I think we can take steps. And when we start sharing love outside ourselves, outside of our comfort zones, outside of this much money and this little friend and this person that looks like me, when we reach outside, I don't know why I went southern there, but when we reach outside that scenario, we can see the face of God everywhere we look. talking about sanctifying grace of God working in us grace is everywhere God's grace is before us before we knew it God's grace is in that moment where we take him and take him as our own and God's grace is with us every day when we mess up when we say the wordy dirties when we do things we shouldn't be doing when we're texting and driving it's really bad don't do it but when we're doing all these things God is still there giving us his love and it's when we say God I've messed up tomorrow's better I'm going to pick up I'm going to read I'm going to study I'm going to pray 
day, I'm going to serve you from the depths of my heart, God. Perfect me, cleanse me, heal me, and let me be your servant. That's what we're called to do. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Sorry, started preaching right there. (laughs) Do you understand the calling before us? Every one of us in this room, God is saying, go and make disciples. He's not saying the Sunday school teachers, the preachers, those that have retired, those that feel the call to mission. He's saying everybody here, whether you're three or you're 103, go out into this world and bring people Pittman Park exists to make faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Are you faithful? Are you a follower? Is Christ in your heart? Is he your Lord of all? And are you going to the world to give him your all? To reach your friends, those that are hurting your children sitting beside you. It could be the stress of work. But go and make disciples. Go and let God's love flow into this world. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do in 20 minutes? Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord.